You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Time nowadays uh, relates to the listening of music. And for children, I think the restriction against listening to music is felt more strongly than uh, those who are a little bit older. Uh, and the reason is very simply because uh, those who are older, so we had a little bit uh, less access to music. Uh, certainly, uh, the, uh, you know, the more numbers you have, the higher the number in your tens column of your age. So as a child, so you had less access to music on a regular basis. Uh, with the introduction of the Walkman and whatnot, suddenly people are now uh, completely uh, uh, tethered to some sort of device which is playing something in their ear at almost all, almost all the time. Uh, so children who grew up with that, so they don't really know what it means to be without uh, music or something. So they, uh, they really have a lot of anxiety and a lot of them panic during these three weeks trying to figure out some way to be able to, uh, to listen to, uh, to music. And that's why there's so much... Uh, a discussion about uh, listening to a cappella and whatnot. Can we at least get away with that without any uh, instruments? Will that uh, be able to fly? Those who grew up and they weren't tethered to uh, to listening to music all the time, so it's really not such a big deal to go for three weeks without listening to music, and it's uh, it's much less of a, much less of a big deal. But for kids, it's a big deal. So uh, here we have uh, we'll go through some of the sources related to uh, small children, really as we will see, listening to music, that if for them, it's something which is going to be relaxing, it's something which is going to be soothing, maybe even something just that they want to listen to, and they don't really get this whole concept of the three weeks and what's going on. So can you go ahead and put music on for, uh, for children or, or not? Okay, now what's going to be fascinating is that this is going to be one of those cases where Shulchan um, and the Poskim get close to discussing it, but they don't actually discuss it. And you go through hundreds of years of halachic literature where they almost talk about it. They talk about similar types of things, but they don't actually talk about the, uh, the case of music, probably for the simple reason that there was no way that kids were going to be listening to music anyways, because back in the day before there was recorded music, so where are you going to get your, where, where's a child going to get their hands on music to be able to listen to without an adult nearby anyways? So really be a question for the adult to address rather than the child, and that may be just historically why it wasn't uh, discussed in, the, in as much depth as it is in our generation now, but, uh, but that makes it uh, just a more exciting, uh, I, I think, a more exciting exercise to go through. Okay. So let's see. So there are a number of restrictions which apply, whether it's the three weeks or whether it's the nine days, where we do address children directly, and we're going to try and extrapolate and see what principles we could take from those other halachas and see how we can apply it to music. Okay, so source number one over here says, So it is prohibited to go ahead for an adult to even give a child, the sapper over here doesn't mean to tell a story, here it means to give a haircut. So it's prohibited for an adult to give a haircut to a child, or to go ahead and launder their garment. So if you remember, this is one of the things which is important to keep in mind with these halachas, certainly as we are searching for leniencies, they are the, most of the restrictions which apply, real according to the Gemara, only apply in the week in which uh, Tisha B'Av falls out. 
what we refer to as Shavua Shechalbo, the week in which Tisha B'Av falls out, which for us this year is essentially non-existent because Tisha B'Av is on a Sunday. So the week in which Tisha B'Av falls is Tisha B'Av. But that, according to the Ikar Adin, according to the, the Halacha, so the restriction against haircutting and laundering is only during the week of Tisha B'Av, not the entire nine days. We, we observe this for the entire nine days. We Ashkenazim observe, observe this for the nine days. But Sephardim would only keep it as far as the week of Tisha B'Av. Then the Ramah says that when it comes to children's clothing, anybody who has, uh, or, you know, has taken care of children knows that there are legamre. So if you have, this is pre-diapers. So pre-diapers and certainly pre-disposable um, diapers. So to go ahead and say you're not going to wash your children's garment for a even the week of Tisha B'Av, even for three, four days, is something which is essentially impossible because how many times over the course of the day is a child going to pish or poo and without diapers, so you run out of clothes quite quickly uh, as, they, uh, as they go ahead and they soil their things. So that's why the Ramah says that miu begadim, shemlafin bahem ketan legamre, garments which children are going to soil entirely, shemotsim bahem rei, that they go ahead and they they uh, relieve themselves in those garments. They, uh, they, uh, they poop or they pish. So such clothing, you could certainly go ahead and wash for the children because there's really no alternative. What are you supposed to do when there's no diapers uh, to wear? How are you going to have them running around? Uh, after one day, all of their clothing are going to be filthy and you have no supply left. Okay. Now, what's, what's the rationale over here? So the Magan of Ram explains as far as this is going to be, as far as the haircutting is concerned, let's put aside the, the laundry, but as far as haircutting is concerned. So why can't you go ahead and give a child a haircut? Now we're talking about a three-year-old, a four-year-old, somebody who doesn't know anything about the first thing about the Besamikdash, the first thing about Chorban, the first thing about Avelus, doesn't know any of those things. So what's the big deal to go ahead and give the, a child a haircut? So the Magad of Ram says, primary, one of the primary commentators on the Shulchan Aruch, he says that as far as children are concerned, so this restriction against giving them a haircut is uh, subject to, it fits into the, uh, the, uh, the parameters of the obligation of chinuch, of educating children to know how to conduct themselves so that when they're adults, they won't be surprised by the fact that they're not allowed to get a haircut during the, uh, the three weeks or the nine days, whatever it is. Now, now, there's one of two reasons. What, what exactly is the chinuch? So it's imishum avelus. Either we're trying to teach them, when they're still young, principles of avelus, principles related to mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, or imishum agmas nefesh. Or it's also going to, it's potentially an issue of agmas nefesh, which we're going to see is that it's quite distressing to see a child looking, uh, walking around all disheveled. So seeing a child look, looking unkempt and all disheveled, so that inspires, or that generates um, a, a, a sad feeling in the, in the minds of the adults who see children walking around that way. So therefore, and it's certainly as he, as he says, the Magad says, the Biyoradeya, Simon Shin Peidalad, Pasuk De'ena Velusakatan. He says, now, he, uh, sorry, I skipped the word. He says, V'tzarchiyum. So he says that the, the explanation, though, that we're not going to give a child a haircut in order that the child should look unkempt 
and should make the rest of us adults feel bad. So the Magen Avram says that this is a little bit difficult to understand, this Truma Sadesh and the rationale. Why is it difficult to understand? Because, because we paskin that children have no mitzvah of Avelus. If a child, God forbid, were to lose a close relative, so children don't sit shiva. The whole concept, all the principles and all the halachas related to Avelus did not apply to children. So if children are not really subject to Avelus, so then what's the point of making a child not get a haircut during the three weeks or the nine days in order to observe Avelus, in order to observe the morning together with all the adults? Children don't do that even for the sake of chinuch. So what's going on over here? Why all of a sudden by the three weeks are we going to be more machmir? Suggests the Magen Avram, the nearly the Avelus, the Rabim machmiritve that we're going to differentiate between a private Avelus, a, a, a private Avelus, which is observed to commemorate the loss of a direct relative. There we say that even for the sake of Chinuch, we don't do, uh, we don't do Avelus. But when it comes to the observance of Avelus of the three weeks and the nine days in Tishabav, that is a communal Avelus, a communal Avelus we're going to treat more stringently. And therefore, we would go ahead and we would say that even for children, it would make sense that they should have to observe it, uh, uh, even for even just for the sake of chinuch. Okay, but the main thing is is that we have two competing reasons, as we're going to see now. We have two potential reasons why there's going to be a restriction against giving a child a haircut during the three weeks, either because of chinuch, that was the first reason which was suggested by the Magen Avram. Or the second reason is agmas nefesh, because we want to give distress to the adults who are going to look at the children who seem to be observing uh, um, behaviors of Avelus, typical of Avelus. Says the Sharetzion. Sharetzion, remember, is the footnotes on the Mishnah Bura. So he says, v'nafgamina ben hatamim. He says, what's going to be, we always want to ask, what's going to be the nafgamina? What's going to be the practical difference between these two explanations? Whether or not you say it's because of agmas nefesh, we're trying to generate distress by the adults uh, that are, are watching this, or whether or not it's chinuch for the children. So he says, the difference is going to be, lemishu pachos ben sheish, chinuch. He says, the difference is going to be, what do you do with a child younger than six? who's not yet of edgemakable age, where he's not yet subject to chinuch. So if you have a child who's four or five, so there's no such, uh, for children at that age, there's no such thing as chinuch, but you still have the factor that maybe you want the child to look unkempt, you want the child to be wearing torn clothing, so that the adults will see that and will feel bad. So mishum agmas nefesh aser. So in terms of chinuch, chinuch doesn't apply to such a young child. But in terms of the impact that it's going to have on the adults around, so that is something which would still be relevant even for the five-year-old, the four-year-old, and the three-year-old. So depending on which reason we're going to use over here will affect whether or not this would translate to a child who is too young for chinuch. That's going to be the, uh, the difference between them. And then he says... That um, uh, so now let's go back to the uh, to the prima God. Now, so the, so the the Magen Avram brings down two reasons. 
Shartzion has told us that there's a difference between those two reasons. Now, what is the prima gadim? Prima gadim, for those who uh, who don't know, so the prima gadim is one of the primary. Is a I think they call it a super commentary. It's a commentary to the Magen Avram. So the Magen Avram is a commentary to Shochan Aruch, and then the Prima Gadim is a commentary on the Magen Avram, really on the Taz and the Magen Avram. We're just going to look at the uh, the, the Prima Gadim comment, the, the comment to the Magen Avram. Sorry. He says, uh, so he comments, he says, Masha Gatsav Levush, the Gimel Vidal Shanim, so he he takes note of the fact that the Lavosh, another one of the commentators to Shulchan Aruch, mentions that the restriction against cutting hair is going to be, uh, will be relevant already at the age of three or four. So at three or four, there would already be a restriction against giving a young child a haircut. And the Purim says, he says that he ex- expresses surprise at that psaq. Why? Because the implication of the Magen Avram, the, 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 uh, the Prima Gadam understands that the Magen Avram's primary understanding as to why we wouldn't give a haircut to a child is because of Chinuch. Vahainu and Chinuch, as we said, is B'nai Sheish V'Sheva, is going to be at six or seven years old. So the Prima Gadam assumes that the dominant explanation as to why we wouldn't give a child a haircut during the three weeks is because of Chinuch. And if that's going to be the dominant reason, based on what we said from the Sharetzion, so Chinuch only begins at six or seven. And therefore, if you have a child younger than six or seven, so there's no reason to go ahead and not give a haircut to such a child during the three weeks, because they're not of Chinuch age where it would have any value whatsoever for them to go ahead and not give them a haircut. And therefore, it would uh, it would seem to be that, that, that that's okay. But now, um, okay, so that's going to be as far as haircutting is concerned. So haircutting is concerned. Uh, there are uh, uh, two reasons why potentially why we would restrict uh, giving haircut to a child, chinuch or agmas nefesh, education purposes, or in order to generate distress on the part of the adults. And the prima gadam says that the dominant opinion, the dominant explanation is going to be chinuch, and therefore, the restriction is only going to apply at six or seven. It's not going to apply at a younger age. Now, if we just take this by itself, so we may say that the same thing should be true with regards to listening to music. That listening to music, the only re- reason to restrict children from listening to music would be for the sake of chinuch, for the sake of uh, educating them in matters of avelus, of mourning the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, the most we could say is that once they reach chinuch age, Maybe the restriction is going to apply. If they are less than that, if they are younger than that, so there's no chinuch and there, uh, the restriction would not apply. Okay, so that is precedent number one. Precedent number one is going to be the issue related to um, uh, um, haircutting. Okay, now issue number two. And with this, we start now with source five. So this is what we said that when it comes to young children, this was the Ramah we read above, that when it comes to young children, so young children who are not going to be able to keep themselves clean, they don't go to the bathroom and they're not going to be able to keep themselves clean, so you're allowed to go ahead and do laundry for them, 
because it's impossible to not do laundry for them, because certainly back in the day, they didn't have many outfits for the children, and as soon as they get uh, one good poop or one good pish in there, so uh, that's over for the, uh, you know, it's game over for the supply of clothing for that child. So there, we have no choice. Now, explains the Magen Avram on this. He says an interesting thing. He says that even though he's acknowledging that you're allowed to go ahead and do laundry for young children, says the Magen Avram, However, you should make sure not to wash large amounts of clothing at once. And furthermore, he says, skipping the parentheses, uh, you should go ahead and make an effort to do the laundry in private. Um, if you're not going to be doing it by the, uh, by the river, which is a different thing, we'll just leave it at the, 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 the tzina. So two restrictions the Magen Avram puts on this allowance to do laundry for children. The first one is that you're not allowed to do a lot of laundry at once. And the second thing is going to be that it has to be done in private. Okay, so where does this, uh, where does this put us in terms of precedent to be able to apply things to children listening to music? So here, uh, source seven, this is from a sefer called Kovetz Halachos, it was written by a student of Shmuel Kamenetsky. And he does a very nice job of uh, halacha by halacha going ahead and uh, uh, identifying, tracing the halacha through the, uh, the traditional sources, through the Gemaras and Shulchan Aruch and the, uh, the, the Mepharshim Shulchan Aruch. And does a very nice job of organizing all of that. Uh, all of that. So he says, Sorry, I'm in the wrong line. He says it would seem to be something which is obvious. He says the uncertainty that the Magen Avram has about the, what the rationale is for restricting children from getting a haircut. When we are going to not, when Shulchan Aruch says that we're not going to give a haircut to children, whether or not, is the reason because we're trying to generate distress in the uh, in the uh, the eyes of the adults, or whether or not this is something which is being done to chinuch to be mechanech the children to educate the children. So says the uh, the kovetz halachos. He says that whole uncertainty is limited to haircutting. It's only by haircutting do we have that uh, that uncertainty. Why? It's a little wordy, but he says, It's in that context specifically that we're uncertain whether or not the dominant reason is for the sake of chinuch, which would apply to uh, which would apply only to children six and up, or whether the reason is agmas nefesh, and the reason could apply since what you're trying to do is you're trying to generate a uh, distress in the in the adults then it could apply even to a child younger than six. Aval, but, iser kibos, big But the reason why we don't do laundry for children, putting aside the, the really young children, but the really reason why you wouldn't do laundry for a six or seven-year-old has nothing to do with either chinuch or agmas nefesh. It's a completely different set of considerations. And this is the point that we want to bring out over here. And what, what is the consideration when it comes to laundry? What is the restriction based on? 
He says the concern over here is going to be either that when uh, when laundry was a, a full day activity, you had to schlep the clothing down to the river with all the supplies and you scrub on the river and then you rinse it by the river and then you hang it up on the laundry line. Laundry line. So when uh, it was a whole a full day affair, so that is something which is distracting from the avelus. When one is supposed to be focused, their, focusing their attention on the korban, the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, in all of the ramifications and all of the meaning of that, if you spend three hours, four hours engaged in washing all of the uh, the family's laundry, so during that time you're certainly not going to be thinking at all about the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So we don't want you to. The reason why laundry is usher putting aside whether or not you're going to be wearing clean clothes, but just the act of doing laundry by itself is restricted because that means that you're not focused on what you're supposed to be focused on, which is the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Or, alternatively, what the other reason may be, Maris Ayin, that it may be that people will think that you're doing it, you're doing it let's say, in order to wear the clothing. So, those two reasons of either because you're going to be distracted from the Avelis, which you're supposed to be observing, or because it gives a wrong impression. People may think that you're doing the laundry because you're going to be wearing the clean clothing. So both of those reasons apply. It has nothing to do, actually, with whose clothing are being laundered. They, right? The observer may not even know the, the, certainly the launderer, it doesn't make a difference whether it's a child's clothing or whether it's adult clothing. Either way, it's going to take the, the number of hours which are going to be distracting. And as far as Maris Ayin is concerned, since nobody's going to be able to tell that this is a child's clothes or adult's clothes, so Maris Ayin also has nothing to do with whose clothes are being laundered. So both of those reasons apply to children just the same. And it's only Virak, the only reason where we allow the laundering of children's clothing is The only thing which is going to be allowed is washing a child's clothes, because by a child's clothes, a baby's clothes, because it's impossible to avoid doing laundry on a baby's clothes because it's going to have so much bodily waste uh, in, in, inside of it. So therefore, we have no choice but to allow that. But when it comes to a child uh, who's no longer, who's toilet trained, so all of the reasons why we don't launder an adult's clothing, the exact same reasons apply to a children's, a, a child's clothing. And it has nothing to do with either the issue of chinuch, and there's nothing at all, halavai, the children are doing laundry that we could say that's uh, chinuch. But the children are not doing laundry, it's, it has nothing to do with chinuch. And it has nothing to do with Agmas Nefesh. It has to do with the fact that the process of laundering is distracting. And it's an issue of Marasai, and people may think that you're doing it in order to wear your clothing. So therefore, that's why laundry is going to be Asr. And as such, being that it runs on a completely different set of concerns, it's going to be equally applicable to a child's clothing as much as an adult's clothing. Okay, so let's pause Let's take a uh, let's take a step back and let's uh, let's uh, assess the uh, what we have uh, in front of us. So we're trying to figure out whether or not children are going to be restricted from listening to music. Let's assume a three-year-old or a four-year-old. You want to go ahead and put on some music for them, and we're trying to find some sort of precedent 
from other halachas that are relevant to children during the period of the three weeks and see if we could go ahead and take precedent from one of those and apply it to, uh, to music. So, so far we have two issues which we have explored. One issue is the, uh, the issue of haircutting. Haircutting, we said two concerns, either chinuch for avelus or agmas nefesh, you're trying to generate distress on the adults who see the child looking unkempt. That would only apply, and the dominant reason over there we said is chinuch. So therefore would only apply to children six and above, not to children younger than six, because there's no chinuch by them. Then we have a different set of halachas related to the prohibition, the restriction against doing laundry during the nine days. And that applies to everybody's clothing, because the concern over there is distraction from Avelus or Marisayan. And therefore, it has nothing to do with the owner of the clothes. It has everything to do with the launderer. And therefore, as if the launderer is an adult, it doesn't matter whether the launderer is washing an adult's clothing or a child's clothing. Either way, the restriction is going to be the same. Okay. So, so far, we got two things which are running, two different sets of concerns, and we still haven't figured out if either one of those is going to be relevant to a child. Now, before we go ahead and we answer that, now we go to uh, precedent number three, or potential precedent number three, and that is, this is the Ramah, also, Tafkof Nun Aleph Sif Yud. So Ramah says, so when it comes to drinking wine or grape juice, so the minag is, is that we are machmer and we don't drink wine, even for the mitzvah of birkas of benching or havdala. El anosin latino, but the, when the, the option is available, so we would go ahead and we will give the, uh, the havdala wine to a child rather than have an adult go ahead and drink. We're still now, talking about the week before uh Shabbat. So for, for us, this is going to be, for Sephardim, yes. Uh, for us, this is going to be the entire nine days. So I think, um, right, this year, since Rosh Chodesh is on Shabbos, so we're going to have two, two Havdalas, which occur in the nine days. Uh, actually, one, because the second one, it'll, it'll already be Tishabav. So we're not going to make Havdal that night anyway. So it's going to be the night, the, it's going to be uh, the week before, the, the uh, Motzi Shabbos, after uh, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, so that's when we're going to, uh, uh, that's when that Havdalah will be relevant. Now, so why do we go ahead and we give it to a child? What child do we give it to? First, let's define. When we say that we're going to give the Havdalah wine to a child, so it doesn't mean that you're going to give it to a newborn. If you have a newborn there, you can't go ahead and uh, give it to a newborn. So what's the, chi- what, what's the age of the child where you're going to give him this, uh, sorry, you're going to give him this wine? So Mishabura says, Shigiyah lechinuch. So it has to be a child who's old enough that they, uh, they qualify for chinuch as far as saying a bracha on food. So that's why it can't be a baby. So it has to be a child who's old enough that they are already in the process of learning how to say brachos. So they're at the edge of a co-age where they're saying brachos. Vishnarova kos, and the child is going to drink a majority of the kos of Havdalah. But, says the Mishabura, but it also has to be that the child is not old enough or not sophisticated enough that it would make sense for him to mourn the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So we have this sweet spot in terms of the child's maturity where they are mature enough and they're old enough and they're sophisticated enough 
to know what it means to say a bracha rishona, to say a bracha on food. That's the necessary prerequisite. But they can't be so mature and so sophisticated and so educated that they are capable of mourning the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So don't ask me for ages in which that, the, where that sweet spot is going to, uh, to, to be. But there's going to be a sweet spot where they know how to say a bracha, but uh, Avelus things, and certainly Avelus for the Beis Amitish is something which is completely beyond their, uh, their capacity to, uh, to comprehend. So within, they, when they are within that sweet spot of that age, so that's the age at which you're going to give them, that's the child that you're looking for, who will drink the wine for Havdalah during the nine days. Okay. Rabbi Sheffel, how about a sweet spot for where the wine is safe for the child to drink? Yeah, so wine for uh, if you're giving it to a child, in all likelihood, you should uh, be giving them uh, grape juice, which for these purposes qualifies as wine, as far as Abdallah, but without the uh, the alcohol content. Yeah, so uh, point well taken. Saying, and, what? So you're saying that an adult shouldn't even drink grape juice? No, grape because grape juice is also considered to be wine for this purpose. Oh, what if you don't have a child around? Then what then happens? Adult, then an adult drinks. Right. So if a child is available, so then you use a child. If a child's not available, so then the adult drinks. When you're saying wine, you're including grape juice. Right. Is that right? Correct. Grape drink product. Okay. 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 What? Kiddush on, on Shabbos, it's for sure okay, because we could have, but you could have meat and wine on Shabbos. Even this year on erev Tishabav, all the way through Shal Shudas, you could have meat and wine. Uh, but just uh, once Shabbos is over, that's where the uh, becomes a little bit more challenging. Okay, now, um, okay. So Magen Avram says, when when we talk about giving it to a child. So he says, why are you allowed to give it a child? Why are you allowed to give it a child? Why is giving it to a child make it any better? So the only way that it would be acceptable to give it to a child, says Magan Avram, is It sounds like the restriction against drinking wine and eating meat during the week of Tishabav is was never applicable to a child. Because if it was applicable to a child, then what does it help to give the child to have dollar wine to drink? If you're anyways going to override the restriction, you might as well have an adult do it. If everybody's restricted, you might as well have the adult. The only reason to give it to the child is under the presumption that these restrictions do not apply to children at all. The children were never uh, included in the restriction against having meat and wine during, we'll say for our purposes, the nine days. Demekara lo nagu betino. Because when this practice was adopted, it was never intended to be adopted by children. It's an adult restriction. Adults will feel what it means that they're not allowed to have meat or wine during the nine days. But for a child, uh, you give them a bowl of cereal the whole week. You give them Shabbos uh, you know, cereal the whole week. They'll be thrilled. They won't notice that they're not having uh, meat that week. But now he says, so Vidavka, now what type of child was never included, according to the Magad Avram, what type of child was never included in this restriction? It's only a child who is young enough that he still cannot mourn the loss of the Beis HaMikdash. 
So again, that's sort of that sweet spot that we talked about. Maybe old enough that uh, they could say brachas, but not old enough where they, uh, they, could, they could understand that, that concept. Now he says, Ve'ein lomar, oh, we're skipping a little bit, he says, just a source, he says, Ein lomar, mutter. Now he says, don't think, this is an argument which I'm sure most of you have in your head, and that is, maybe the reason why it's going to be allowed for the child, maybe the restrictions really do apply to children, Children also are not allowed to have meat or wine. And the only reason we allow the child to have wine is because wine for Havdal is a mitzvah. So maybe for the sake of a mitzvah, we will override the restriction which normally would be applicable to a child. But, says the Magad Avram, that can't possibly be because because we have a source which tells us that when something is asr, that there's a general prohibition against giving a child something which is asr, can't feed a child non-kosher food, even if the child were to take non-kosher food, you don't necessarily have to stop them from eating it, but you're certainly not allowed to feed non-kosher food to a child, and therefore, the, and that's going to be true even in, the, even in the event that you're trying to accomplish a mitzvah in the process. So being that, the halacha says that you're not allowed to give a child something which is asr, even for the sake of a mitzvah. So elakorcha, therefore the only conclusion we could draw from here, says the Magen Avram is, elakorcha, it must be that the prohibition against meat and wine was never applied to children, was never relevant for children. Okay. Now on that, so we have the commentary of the Dagum Dagum Vava, uh, you may know him a little bit better as the Noda Yehuda, Yehuda, Landa, who was the chief rabbi in Prague at, the, at some point. But uh, his commentary on Shulchan Aruch is, at least Archaim, is uh, Archaim in Yerodea, is known as the Dagum Vava. Okay, now he says, he extrapolates from a different point. He says, Mashmed Degam Maktanim Asr Lecho Basr. He has a different conclusion than the Magan of Ra. He says that when I read Shulchan Aruch, it seems to me that the prohibition against eating meat does apply to children. Dim Lokain, because if that were not the case, Lama Sasam, because the Shumatsni and Sakin Shashrita. Elsewhere, Shulchan Aruch talks about, the Ramah really talks about, they are, during the nine days, during the period of time, that they, the Minog is not to eat meat. So the Shaykhtim would go ahead and they would conceal their Shrita knives. Now, points out the Dagomar Vava, what, what's going to be gained by hiding the Shrita knives if you're allowed to go ahead and feed meat to children? If children are allowed to eat meat, like the Magan Avram said, why is the Ramah saying you have to conceal the Shrita knives? You could use Shrita knives because you can make a big party for the children and give them hamburgers and hot dogs. How are you going to feed the children hamburgers and hot dogs if you don't go ahead and shech the animal ahead of time? So the very fact that we are concealing the knife, says the Dagom Vava, is clear evidence to the fact that nobody's allowed to eat meat during the nine days, not even, the, uh, not even children. And that's not going to be like the Magen Avram. And then he says, um, okay, and then he says, so if that's true, that the restrictions against meat and wine Apply to children just the uh, apply to children just the same. So why are we giving children the havdala wine? So the Dagom Avava says the reason we're giving the havdala wine is for the exact opposite reason of what was said by the Magen Avram. 
he says the reason why you're allowed to do so is because it's a mitzvah. So for the sake of a mitzvah, the mitzvah is going to override the restriction against drinking, uh, against drinking wine. I, what do you mean? The, the, the Magen Avram said that it's clear in halacha that you're not allowed to give a child something which is aser, even if you're trying to do a mitzvah. So if the Magen Avram said that you're not allowed to do this, uh, you're not allowed to give a child something which is aser, even if your goal is a mitzvah, so how could the Dagom Ravava come along and say that children really are prohibited from drinking wine during the nine days, but for the mitzvah of Havdalah, they're allowed to? Doesn't that violate the exact halacha which the Magen Avram said is aser? He says, you know what? Uh, with, uh, with all due respect, Mashakasava Magen Avram, Misimin Reish Samach Tes, that it's aser, Timani. Dagam of Rava says, I'm shocked that he went ahead and he actually said that. Shahare, why is it so shocking? Shahare, it's not shocking just because somebody disagrees with you. It's shocking because Shahare, who atzmo kasav sham, simen reish samachtes, sivkat nalaf, demashiyesh ozre, um, okay, without getting into exactly what, what it is, but he says, the Magen of Ram himself says over there that a mitzvah does override the prohibition. That when it comes to a child, something which is normally going to be prohibited, for the sake of a mitzvah, the mitzvah is going to override the prohibition for the, uh, for the child. So what's shocking is, is that the exact source, which the Magen Avram pointed to, to say that there's no way that a mitzvah would override a restriction for a child, the Magen Avram himself says that a mitzvah does override prohibitions for children. So that's why it's such a shocking thing that he would say that. And therefore, he says, like you mentioned, uh, Charlene, that being that we generally say for a child that if it's for the sake of a mitzvah, it could override an iser. Certainly when it comes to Havdalah wine, that's going to be true. Because when it comes to Havdalah wine, even an adult is allowed to drink Havdalah wine if there's no child around. So if this is something which is, we would override the restriction against drinking wine for the mitzvah of Havdalah, even for an adult, certainly when it comes to a child, we would go ahead and we'd, we would override that restriction when it comes to the performance of a mitzvah. Um, okay, and in sources, uh, we won't read them inside just for time, sources 12 and 13, so the Mishabura, both are Mishabura sources, so he paskins like the, uh, not like the Magen Avram, he paskins like essentially the Dagom Ravava, uh, who goes ahead and um, uh, is going to be Machmer and says, you see he mentions the Dagom Ravava over there, he mentions the fact that restrictions against wine and, uh, and meat apply to children the same as they apply to adults. So this is now precedent number three where we now have the restrictions of wine and, uh, and, uh, and meat, and those things do apply to children the same as adults. The exception is Avdallah, but as far as the general approach is, it's going to be applicable to children. So now what are we going to do with, as far as music is concerned? Now that we have these three different halachas, we have the halacha of, of haircutting, we have the halacha of laundry, and now we have the halacha of meat and wine. So how are we going to go ahead and translate all of this to music? And let's get to our final conclusion. So here the Kovetz Halachas says as follows. He says, he says, He says, as far as music is concerned, it would appear to me 
that all opinions are going to say that it's going to be permitted for a child below the age of Chinuch, below the age where they could actually mourn the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, music is going to be permitted for them. Why? Why is everybody going to agree to that? Daha. So he now explains. The whole reason why we said that haircutting and laundry, those restrictions apply even to children who are below the age of Chinuch, is humishum agmas nefesh is because we're going to try and generate distress by the adults who observe the children who are clearly behaving in a mournful manner. They look disheveled, they look unkempt. And that reason, So that rationale of looking unkempt and disheveled, that is not applicable when it comes to listening to music. Whether the child is listening to music or not is not going to make them any more unkempt. It's not going to make them any more disheveled. That rationale is not applicable. Why? Because the primary issue of agmas nefesh is for the observer, not for the one who is unkempt, but it's really for the observer, the adults. Because they see the child who looks a mess. Their child are filthy because nobody's washing the child's clothing. The child's hair is a mess because who knows how much, you know, uh, um, 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 uh, mud pies and stuff are in that hair as it's growing out. This mom is the kid, the, the kid looks gross. What, where are the adults taking care of that child? Oh, the child's an Avelis. That's why the child looks that way. Ay, nebuch, that the child is, a, is an Avelis. So that's the purpose of Agmas Nefesh. That applies to laundry and long hair, but that has nothing to do with music. By so by observing the child look a mess, Yeshem Agmas Nefesh, Dugmas Hadimikarina Lakatan. And it's the same reason why, if you have a child who's an avo, we tear kriya on the child's garment. Again, what, what's, the, what's the benefit of tearing kriya on the child's garment? The child doesn't understand the concept of avelus anyways. It has nothing to do with the child. We want the adults to see that nebuch view of a child sitting there with torn clothing, indicating that the child is an avo, and that pulls at the heartstrings of all of the adults who see the child sitting there with a kriya-torn garment. That's why we do so. So by those things, agmas nefesh is a relevant principle. But when it comes to listening to music, none of that applies. And if you want to know, maybe... There's an element of chinuch involved. That was another reason why maybe some of these restrictions could apply to children. So hainu rak mishum chinuch. But that's only going to be relevant if the child is of chinuchable age. If they're at the age where they're capable of understanding what churban beis amitash is and why this is such a devastating loss to the Jewish people. I think most of us in our 50s, 60s, and 70s are struggling to understand churban beis amitash, let alone a child at the age of seven, eight, or nine, they certainly have no concept about that whatsoever. And therefore, if you have a child who's younger than the age where they could understand where chinuch of Chorben Beis of Avelis would be relevant to them, would be meaningful to them, so there's no restriction for them to go ahead and listen to music. If they want to pop on a song, they say, they say hey Alexa, play me that um, uh, 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 baby shark again, you know, for the 10 billionth time. So if they want to go ahead and pop that on Alexa, so they're allowed to do so. 
ואף על גב דמחמירים גם בקטנים שהגיע לחינוך לעניין אכילס בשר And even though we don't feed even young children meat during the nine days, so maybe we should use that as precedent and say, just like children can't eat meat or drink wine or grape juice, they shouldn't be able to listen to music. He says that has nothing to do with it. That's only because of the minog that the Ramah mentions that we can seal the knife. So shechita knives are not going to be available. So since nobody's doing shechita, that's why we're not giving them meat. And that's why it's going to be applicable, like the Dagom of Ava said, that's why it's going to be applicable to children the same as adults. But once again, when it comes to music, that rationale doesn't apply. It doesn't say, the Ramad doesn't say, you have to put away your CD players or your Alexas or your computers, which are going to go ahead, or MP3 players, and so that children shouldn't be able to access music. And therefore, his conclusion is, is that although many of the other three weeks, nine days, Shavuot Shechabo restrictions do end up being applicable to children, at least children who are of Chinuch age, when it comes to children who are below Chinuch age, so the restriction against listening to music does not apply to them at all. They're going to be allowed to, uh, to listen to music. And even in your home, even though you're not allowed to listen to music, but you don't have to go ahead and tell them that they can't listen to music just because you're not allowed to listen to music. Part of a different discussion, but when your intent is not to listen to music, it just happens to be playing, so then the restriction doesn't apply. And that's why certainly in the event it may actually be a mitzvah, uh, an observance of Avelo. So if they want to go ahead and play Baby Shark 24-7 for the three weeks, that may be the, uh, the most poignant way of being able to observe, to suffer, through these uh, three weeks, is to have that playing in an endless uh, in an endless loop. Just kidding, as far as that. I wouldn't actually recommend uh, doing that. That may be sakhanastafashos, which you don't have to go ahead and do. But that is, this issue as far as children listening to, uh, to music. And, as always, appreciate everybody uh, coming, stopping by for the week. Next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.